Three tricky biases. Human bias, existence bias, and happy bias. By Stephen Rook. Introduction. While many types of biases are more commonly known and accounted for, I think there may be three especially tricky biases that influence our thinking about how to do good. 1. Human bias. A. We are all human, which may influence us to systematically devalue non-human sentience. 2. Existence bias. A. We all already exist as biologically evolved beings, which may influence us to systematically overvalue the potential future existence of other biologically evolved beings. 3. Happy bias. A. We are relatively happy, or at least we are not actively being tortured or experiencing incapacitating suffering while thinking, writing, and working, which may influence us to systematically undervalue the importance of extreme suffering. Like other biases, these three influence our thinking and decision-making unless we take steps to counteract them. What makes these biases more difficult to counter is the fact that they are universally held by every human working on doing good in the world, and it's difficult to see how anyone thinking about, writing about, and working on issues of well-being and suffering could not have these qualities. There is no group of individuals without these qualities who can advocate for their point of view. The point of this post is not to resolve these questions but rather to prompt more reflection on these tricky biases and how they may be skewing our thinking and work in specific directions. For those who are already aware of and accounting for these biases, bravo. For the rest of us, I think this topic deserves at least a little thought, and potentially much more than a little, if we wish to increase the accuracy of our worldview. If normal biases are difficult to counteract, these are even more so. Heading. Examples of how these biases might affect our work. If we ask ourselves, how might these three biases affect someone's thinking about how to do good? Some answers we come up with are things that may be present in our EA community thought, work, and allocation of resources. This could indicate that we have not done enough work to counteract these biases in our thinking, which would be a problem if moral intuitions are the hidden guides behind much of our prioritization, as has been suggested. If our moral intuitions about fundamental ethical concepts are being invisibly biased by our being human, existing, and being relatively happy, then our conclusions may be heavily skewed. This is still true for those who use quantitative or probabilistic methods to determine their priorities, since once again moral intuitions are frequently required when setting many different values regarding moral weights, probabilities, etc. When looked at through the lens of moral uncertainty, we could say that these biases would skew our weights or assessments of different moral theories in predictable directions. Here are some specific examples of how these biases might show up in our thinking and work. In many cases, there is a bit more information in the footnotes. Subheading. Human bias. 1. Human bias would influence someone to focus the majority of their thinking and writing on human well-being. 2. Human bias would lead the majority of funding and work to be directed towards predominantly human cause areas. 3. Human bias would influence someone to set humans as the standard for consciousness and well-being, with other beings falling somewhere below humans in their capacities. 4. Human bias would influence someone to grant more weight to scenarios where humans either are or become the majority of moral value as a way of rationalizing a disproportionate focus on humans. 5. Human bias would influence someone to devalue work that focuses on non-humans while overvaluing work that focuses on humans. Subheading. Existence bias. 1. 
existence bias would influence someone to claim that the potential existence of a sentient being is fundamentally more valuable than their non-existence. 2. Existence bias would influence someone to grant more value to futures with increased numbers of sentient individuals, and devalue futures with decreased numbers of sentient individuals. 3. Existence bias would influence someone to think that creating happy beings is a net positive act, rather than a neutral or net negative act. Subheading. Happy bias. 1. Happy bias would influence someone to discount extreme suffering. 3. 2. Happy bias would influence someone towards the view that a certain amount of happiness can counteract a certain amount of extreme suffering. 3. Happy bias would influence someone to focus on what percentage of individuals suffer or the net summation of happiness and suffering, rather than the total amount of suffering. Subheading. Combinations of biases. Combinations of these biases could result in the following ideas. 1. Existence bias and happy bias would influence someone to focus on reducing X risks rather than reducing S risks. 2. Human bias and happy bias would influence someone to undervalue the amount and severity of suffering experienced by non-humans. 3. All three biases together would influence someone to focus on ensuring lots of human existence in the future, rather than focusing on reducing the total amount of suffering in the universe. 4. All three biases together would influence someone to devalue the possibility of present and future extreme suffering in non-humans. Non-human S risks. Heading. Implications. These biases could result in the creation of a vastly worse universe. For example, writers like Brian Kateman have pointed out how some long-termist trajectories could result in a terrible future for animals. Antinatalist philosophers like David Benatar appear to have been mostly ignored or overruled, which could be due to existence bias, or possibly due to PR considerations, and suffering-focused ethics appears to be a relatively small philosophical niche. Regardless of the relative merits of each of these viewpoints, these dynamics are what we might expect to see if we allow these three biases to influence our thinking and work. If these viewpoints do have merit, then undervaluing them could lead us to act in harmful ways, potentially even causing more harm than we prevent. Heading. Considerations. There are several reasons why these biases might not be a problem for us as we're trying to do good. First, it could be the case that these three biases are not biases at all, perhaps there's a logical fallacy here somewhere. Second, someone could make the case that they, or the EA community as a whole, are already effectively countering these biases through rigorous philosophy, rationality, and moral uncertainty. Perhaps these are biases, yes, but they aren't a problem because we are already accounting for them. Third, someone might justify a skewed allocation of thought, work, and resources based on factors such as tractability, even while accounting for these biases. Perhaps our allocation of effort is skewed, yes, but it's justifiable due to tractability, public relations concerns access to resources, second-order effects, etc. Additional research would be needed to determine the magnitude of the potential problem caused by these biases. Heading. Conclusion. Despite the difficulties involved in doing so, counteracting these three biases may be one of the most important projects of the EA community when it comes to the philosophical foundations of our work. Small deviations in our assessments of these issues can sometimes lead to very large differences in our goals and how we allocate our resources. We can start by simply being aware of how these three qualities, our humanness, our existence, and our relative happiness, might consistently influence our thinking and our work in certain directions.
This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. It was first published on February 2, 2024. The original text contained 20 footnotes which were omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.